0: Welcome to Away From The Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. Welcome to Away From The Keyboard, where technologists tell their stories of how they started, how they grew, how they learned, and how they unwind. My name is Richie Rump, and joining me is my co-host, Cecil Phillip. What's going on, Cecil?
1: Not much, Richie. What's going on with you?
0: Well... I just bought a subscription box service, you know, the, the the kind of services that send you something every so often and you get like free stuff inside of that, even though you pay for it. Yeah, what'd you get? I subscribe to the Marvel Collector's Corps and every two months they send you a box of Marvel stuff. And so in this box, it was called the Women of Power and that's why I really got into it because I knew my my girls who love superheroes, especially female superheroes, they probably would love with whatever was in that box. So I subscribed to it. And inside the box was a Captain Marvel bobblehead and a She-Hulk bobblehead. And this is probably the the big thing in the box was a Funko Squirrel Girl with tippy toe. And so that is my daughter's favorite comic. And so uh, both of them just freaked out when they saw that. So It was really cool, and I probably will will stick with it, and the girls really, really enjoyed it. Nice. So what about you? What you been up to? So this past week, I actually got the opportunity to play with the HoloLens a little bit, and that was actually pretty fun.
1: Wow. So what was that like? So, you know, it was at a .NET Miami meeting we had last week, and... um, I had pretty good time, um, you know, a pretty long time with the device on my head. I had to adjust it just a little bit to make sure that the the viewing angles were exactly where it needed to be. But you know, once that was all set up, it was it was really cool, man. I got to play a lot of different simulations and some different models and I gotta say if you've never played it one before, it's 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 really, really, really cool once you get it on.
0: So I knew you were the last one to have the HoloLens, so you got the most time of anyone at all. Yes. Yeah, those. Yeah, it's pretty good on your part. But do you see yourself actually purchasing a Hololens after using it for about fifteen, twenty minutes?
1: You know, depending on the software that comes with it when it comes out, I could. You know, I could definitely see the usefulness of the device. You know, I would definitely take a look at it. Probably not at three thousand dollars, but um, <laughs> you know, I I could see it probably going for maybe I don't know. Let's say you know six, seven hundred dollars.
0: Wow, I bet
1: you it's more. Uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. You, you think how much more you think it'll be? I think it's gonna be fifteen hundred dollars at least. Ah, uh, but you see, the Google Glass was fifteen hundred dollars, and nobody really bought that. Touche, my friend. But this is not. This is a different device altogether. So we'll see. We'll, it really we'll is. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. So I hear we're uh, got another giveaway. We do. So our recent guest, Michael Kennedy, has been gracious enough to allow us to give away his course, Python Jumpstart. So to win this excellent course, all you need to do is tweet hashtag TalkPython at the AFTK podcast Twitter account for a chance to win access to the Python Jumpstart course. So
0: I hear that you actually went through the course.
1: I did. So the course is actually 10 modules of, you know, and it goes through different um, different levels of learning, you know, the various features of Python. It is an introductory course. You know, this one particularly is geared towards people that have absolutely no programming experience at all. So it's, you know, it's made to be very easy for you to pick up and kind of get going. And, you know, Michael does a really good job at explaining the basics in a very um, approachable way.
0: Wow. That sounds like a great giveaway. Yeah, so definitely check
1: it out. Again, remember just tweet hashtag talk Python at the, away from the keyboard podcast account on Twitter, and uh, you know, let us know what you want to do.
0: Sounds good. Who are we talk to today?
1: So today we're talking to James Montemagno. So James is a developer evangelist in Xamarin. He's been a .NET developer since 2005, working in a wide range of industries. And before joining Xamarin, he was a professional mobile developer and now has been developing with the Xamarin platform since 2011. He can be found on Twitter at James Montemagno and blogs regularly at MOTSCODES. That's M-O-T-Z. C O D
0: . E S. This episode is recorded on May 11th, 2016. And now, our conversation with James Montemagno. And now, away from the keyboard's feature conversation.
2: No, yeah, I listened to a happy amount of hip-hop. I was in the car today with uh, Aaron Bachover, who does workbooks and The Inspector, and then right. uh, Joseph Hill, which is our co-founder and VP of Developer Relations, and my boss. And uh, I'm in the zip car. We're on Microsoft campus and zipping around, uh, between buildings. And I was getting ready to go home and I just like, you know, plug in my phone. I'm listening to Drake and they're like, what is this? I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's just a new Drake album. And they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, you I get that like, a lot, actually? Well, I mean, as a, as a, a white nerdy developer, we can go back to our office space days and be like, listen, you know, music is music and very taste, like whatever you feel. I actually do get it a lot, which is, is kind of odd. I mean, I grew up early days in in life. My sister was into um, it was the alternative. It was it was Bush and Nirvana, the grunge, yep. if you will, t- alternative music. And uh, as a younger sibling, us of uh, three years old, uh, younger than my sister, I kind of followed in her footsteps. But then, very early on, it must have been like ten or so, I got introduced to to hip hop. And it's not necessarily hip hop itself that attracts me. What attracts me is the rhythm and the beats, uh, of, of music. So I listen to all genres of music besides country mostly, cause it just doesn't really uh, resonate with me or like Christian music or something like that. Right. But as far as like rock or alternative, or, like, you know, old stuff, like really, um, hits me hard, but hip hop has always stayed with me for a long time. And I became a, a little Wayne fan and I followed little Wayne and cash money, um, that entire generation when there used to be like feuds between hip hop artists and things like that. It was like this weird thing. Right. And, And it it kind of was interesting because they were talking about their struggle, what they went through, stuff that I couldn't really relate to, but I could appreciate it, just like any other artist or singing about what's personal to them. And a lot of people ask me, like, oh, you know, James, like, you're really into hip-hop, but what does that mean? And and some people are really into, like, a Brother Ali and, like, this underground, like, really cool hip-hop. And, like, I just listen mostly just whatever I, like, can pick up on the radio. Um, But then I find an artist and, uh, you know... uh, and I'll listen to that album over and over and over again. So like I've been when I when I pick up like the new Kanye album, right? I'll listen to that like four months, like nonstop. Like the Drake album oh, wow. just nonstop. Um or the Macklemore album. And it was funny because I was I was like again in the car and, and I, I put on I put on Drake and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm not really a huge Drake fan. I'm like, I'll put on some Kanye and they're like, All right, just keep on Drake. So I put on Macklemore
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So I'm like I'm like I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Uh and I'm like, I'll put on some Macklemore and they like fell in love with it. I'm like, Welcome to Seattle hip hop, you know.
1: So from that perspective, when you're when you're doing work, like what kind of music do you listen to that kinda keeps you bumping and keeps you focused?
2: That's a good question. So you know, it kinda depends on the day. When I started my career in software development, um, I was writing, well, I mean, I used to write video games like for the Xbox 360 early in my, in my career. And we were in a very small, tight, um, garage, essentially the, the studio I was working at. And most of the developers were jamming, uh, on code. We were kind of collaborative. So we didn't really have a chance to listen to music. But for about the first two years that I worked at Canon writing printer software, I just listened to podcasts all day. And that's actually how I got into podcasting and, and finding about that scene. And this was early on 2007, 2008. But as I go on, on a day-to-day basis, uh, I actually am finding it harder and harder to listen to music. So when I listen to podcasts, and when you're doing that at work, you're not really listening to them. It's like this background noise almost. Uh, and, I, and I find it almost harder to listen to music on a day-to-day basis. So when I'm, when I'm at work now, I, I try to put in my earbuds and try to let it go, and and if I'm just dra- jamming on code, mm-hmm. like it's often it's often things that are up tempo, upbeat. So I do listen to like a lot of a lot of like Drake, Wayne, Still, Kanye, Two Chains. Um, uh, I love uh, Mac Conan, which is great. A lot of Wiz Khalifa, um, a lot of Kevin Gates. But then I go into things where I'll I'll get into. An an album, like one song, and I'll just really dive into it. So, like, when 21 Pilots came out with Blurry Face, like, I just jammed that album for like a month straight. I just thought it was so good because all I heard was one song, and I don't listen to the radio. But then I'll go back and, and I'll, you know, I'll listen to like the Drive, uh, original motion picture soundtrack, which is like such a great just album in general. Right. Uh, and a lot of this is kind of, it's kind of tempos that are uplifting a lot so i kind of go that route but then it's like out of nowhere like i'll just like jam on a beatles album for no reason or i'll listen to like childish gambino like i will listen to that like because of the internet like i'll listen to that album just like whenever i need a good pick me up like it's just like super positive um and then i start experimenting right i'll experiment with music and uh and I'll go into like a Yale wolf type of thing, or I'll go into like Odessa or like, I'll pick up a random blur album. But I think my favorite to kind of go to is just like, I'll go to some Strame, which is this, um, I think he, 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 he raps in French, but I think he's from, I think he's Dutch. I want to say I saw him live perform and like a phenomenal, phenomenal performer. So I'll go through these, these ups and downs, but honestly it's just kind of like exploratory like i'll hop on google music and i'll be like all right what's what's new releases what's top charts and i'm like cool like like you said like oh the new radiohead album came out i didn't even know it's like i'll just go i'll probably just jam on that for a bit but i think sometimes you can you can roll it around and uh, often when uh a a really good movie that you like comes out you, you can listen to that often so with um what's the what's the one marvel one uh... Civil No, 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 no. The, the one with like the music and he has the headphones, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, right? yeah. So like I have the Guardians of the Galaxy vinyl, and this is what I'll do during the day. So we're in code all day. I'll put on the vinyl, right? So it actually like takes me away from my desk. Like I'm getting a different feel to it. I have a nice little setup in the bedroom. I'll start listening to that. Where this is like this old music coming in, you know, so it, it, it's just like a different feeling that makes you you feel good. So to me, to me, it's just a little bit of everything, but it it definitely keeps me going. But I do find it harder and harder on a day to day basis as as I'm as I find myself having a harder and harder time cleaning out my inbox. In like today, I literally could not archive emails fast enough. I'm just like, I can't even imagine something something else going on, right? You know, to to keep me sidetracked. So, but yeah, that's kind of my music life. It's kind of weird, but
1: yeah, I know when I started to. Like when I really need to sit down and focus on getting some stuff done. Like I usually revert to that DMX, Jaru, Maze <laughs> era of, of of music. You know what I mean? And then I'll just put on an album. Those are the days when for me I would put on an album and I'd listen to the album top to bottom. Right? Mm-hmm, like, yeah. Like I could listen to multiple DMX albums top to bottom and, and not have to worry about um uh, this this song is not really mixing in or the song is not really jiving or it's not really working with me right now. And yeah. I find today, lately, it's it's a little harder for me to do that. It's harder for me to pick up an album and listen to it top to bottom. You know what I mean? But then now I got to spend the time to to make playlists, which, you know, lazy developer, <laughs> I don't always want to sit down and do that. I, was, I just want to hit play. and want Spotify or whatever I'm listening to to kind of figure out my listening habits and then just kind of put something together for me, special, you know, special request or whatever, and then just kind of have it going so I don't really have to think about setting up this playlist too much, I can kind of just, kind of, kind of just get it going.
2: It's interesting. I got so jaded by playlists. I used to listen to Pandora so heavily that Pandora would just, you know, at some point it just play the same 10 songs over and over again. And I remember when I swin- switched to Google play music, I resisted the urge of a Spotify or an RDO and all these people were sharing these playlists and this hand created list. And even my girlfriend, she'll, she'll listen to the top stuff on Spotify. And I, I like that and I can't do it. It annoys me. You have Google introduced the playlist and I don't know why I can't do it. It even annoys me that when I go to top songs, like these are the top 20 songs right now. I'm like, let me just listen to the top 20, which is probably the worst thing that you could possibly do because <laughs> it, it's all by the same artist, right? It's just a bunch of Justin Bieber, which by the way, great album purpose. What a great album. Uh, highly recommended. Love some Biebs. Um, uh, which is interesting but then you know you can just put on some rihanna listen to work all day like when you're working it's also good to listen to work um and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then there's this amazing video that you can find of this like little um uh someone like has like a little uh like a pig like you know like a baby pig and like the pigs like twerk into it it's adorable uh but to what? the song <laughs> or, just just youtube working pig uh, What what is that it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like hanging out. You can't see me, but I'm literally like shaking my butt right now. But like, this is pigs all like work, 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 work. And every time that song comes on, that's all you can think about. It's amazing.
1: I got to go look through that video. That's hilarious.
2: It's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. But that's, that's what I, I, you know, I, I look at the world where I used to play a lot of world of Warcraft, which is this instant gratification. And as a game developer early on in my career, I kind of found this need that we love instant gratification. So the playlist is an instant gratification thing. It's like, I don't have to think about it. It's going to play this next jam. This is the next thing where if you're forced to do something in an order and you know, I'm listening, I'm forced to listen to, you know, the Drake album, like, you know, top 20 songs, I'm going to listen to these 20 songs. And you have to almost set it and forget it and just make it happen because I think that's how the artists intended you to listen to it. Uh, Hopefully, if they're doing a really good job and the album will flow, like the Weezer album is like a really good um example of that, for instance. It's like it really flows very nice. Uh, and I th- also think like the Drake and Future album was also in that way too. And it's interesting when you start listening to an album and then it doesn't click that way and you're like, oh, I wonder if they're just doing it for the most popular songs that, that are going to come yep. out because maybe a lot of people are doing uh, just playlists. Um,
0: yeah. And and, and, I, and I heard Duran Duran talk about this actually, oddly enough, this weekend uh, I heard an interview with them and I guess they're coming out with the new album and they had talked about crafting the album and, and listening to it from, from top to bottom. And they actually mentioned that, you know, most albums aren't put, you know, together that way. They're not put together to be heard from top to bottom. They're just kind of singles that aren't, you know, uh, that aren't connected in any way. And he just kind of slap them on there because people are going to, going to buy the single anyway and just listen to that. Yeah. And they said, that's not what they wanted to do. Of course, this is an old school. Yeah. <laughs> group. I mean, Duran Duran. I mean, they're, they're old school. Um, yeah. Gosh, that, that hurts me to say that Duran Duran is old school, but um, they said they crafted their album to be heard from top to bottom. So if you want to listen to a couple of singles, that's fine. But if you want to do the old school way, listen to an album top to bottom, you, you know, you're going to get a different experience.
1: When I think about music and I think about when I was in high school and, you know, before I had cell phones and before I used to drive, I used to walk everywhere. I used to walk everywhere. I used to have the little CD player with the the shock absorber that if you shook it too much, (laughs) you know, it didn't skip the CD or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. What was it? The ASP,
1: the anti-skip protection? Yeah, something something like that. That's what it was. The anti-skip
2: protection. Gotta have it. Why would you want a CD player without that?
1: Of course, right. <laughs> you know, and they were all Sony.
2: They you were they were all a Sony Discman, yep. something, right? Yep. Thing. Sony
1: Discman, Sony Walkman, Discman, whatever, yeah. whatever they used to be called. But it's just just for me, I'm thinking about all these old albums that I always revert back to, and all these this old older music that you know I always go back to when I need to to be in that type of zone. And I do that because it puts me back in that place mentally. So you know, I imagine where I was at that time when. This Missy Elliott song came out. Or imagine where I was at that time when this Boys to Men song was playing, and how old I was, and what what grade I was in school, and what were we doing at that time? Was I on the basketball court, or was I at the beach, or you know, were we hanging out with my friends? And music for me in in that mid nineties, early two thousands era did that for me. Really. It gave me that situational um, memory of going back to that space. And I think that's probably the problem with me and music today. Like I don't really feel like it takes me back to any. Particular period of time, like it's just really not that memorable to me.
2: And and the question is is that us like is that us as we grow up? You know, I was I was trying to I was talking to Heather uh, as my girlfriend, and I was talking to Heather, and her and I were trying to memorize lyrics, and we we're listening to stuff, and. I have a hard. Th- I have the hardest time like re- reciting lyrics. You take me back to ten years ago. Man, I could like lay down. I could almost exactly. Uh, I, I can. I can't do it. I yep. can't do it. And she goes. She goes. You know why you can't? And I go. No. No. Why? Why can't I remember these songs that I'm listening to over and over and over again? She's like, your 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 mind is prioritized things. She's like, your mind knows that this isn't the most important thing to remember. So it's not making space for it. Like we are so active and so busy doing so many other things that we have to keep track of that our minds, I think just, I agree with her, just kind of push this off to the side. Like we'll remember a melody, we'll remember one or two lines out of it, but it doesn't stick like it used to. When we were back in high school or back in college, right? I was working at GameStop. I was selling games and I was just finishing homework and I could just, I could, you know, hang out with my friends and we would, you know, do like halo jams and things like that. And I, mean, I had everything memorized. Like back to front, but as I grew up, it only got harder to focus. Like you were saying, listen to an album all the way through. Or for me, I haven't finished a video game in years. You know, I used to make them professional. I used to go down a new Zelda would come out. I just like polish it off. A new Halo came out. Like I was beating it that weekend. Like I'll put it. I'll put a game in and I give like an hour. Like I'm done. Like I can't even get through it. Yep. Like music for me, it's even harder because I, we are listening to it on day to day basis. And then my mind is just like, eh, you know, you got other better things to do, um, which is kind of upsetting because I want to remember all of it. But uh, I'm curious if that's what's kind of happens to us as we age. And I don't know. I mean, I'm about to be 30 this year. um, And it'd be interesting to see how that progresses uh, as I, you know, as more and more stuff comes up as we, as you progress in your, your life, right? You get out of college, you get a career then, you know, you probably get married. Then you're worried, like, do I get a dog? Am I going to have kids? Like, how do I, you know, do I find a new place to live? Do I buy a house? Like, you know, how do I get here or there? So our lives get so much more complex and it happens really fast. And I think that's so intriguing because, you know, I have a lot of friends that work at Amazon or in Google and and a lot of, you know, even people that we hire at Xamarin, like they're fresh, like right out of college. I was like, wow, you're, you know, you're life happens so quick. You know, I started working at Canon full-time job, you know, your 60 hour a week, if you will, full-time job. That's how we do it as developers. Minimum 60 hours a week. Of course. And, uh, I was 20, 21. I was the youngest in the office, full-time job and life happened quick. Right. And, and I would say it only took a few years Few years from there, where I wasn't, I wasn't finishing games anymore. I still love games. I just couldn't do it. Like now, I can maybe play Tetris every once in a while. (laughs) But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how's that, how's that impacted you, you you guys, as as you guys have gone on, you know, and started your careers and are doing more things. You have a podcast to manage. You have a lot of other things to manage in your life. You know, it's such an interesting perspective, and I really,
1: I think I agree with what you said earlier. What that comment your girlfriend made for you was. The more stuff that you're engaged in, the less other stuff you have time for. You know, I remember when I was in even fresh out of college, first job, I wasn't thinking about four hundred and one k and insurance and buying investments and you know these types of things. It was just types. like, hey, I got paid. That's what are we going to What are we doing tonight? Right? Like, where are we where are we yeah. going? Was was you know? Let me see how fast I could spend this paycheck kind of thing. And obviously, you you get a little bit older. You you know you wanna. Maybe you want a bigger place, you want some more stuff in the house, you know, you want to, you start to set yourself with some career goals. And as you start to make those goals, you realize, well, hey, I need a plan, right? And uh, what what's involved in this plan? And what are some of the things I need to do to, to get to these plans? And so your goals, at least my goals for me became a lot more long-term goals versus what's going to happen in the next three months to six months goals. And I think when yeah. you start to project things out that way, well, obviously, you start to look at life a little bit differently. Like, do I wanna start having kids now? Do I wanna get married now? Maybe I want yeah. to get married by the time I'm thirty-two. Right. Maybe I want to have kids by the time I'm thirty-four. You know what I mean? Well okay, well that means I gotta to have to buy a house. How much money do I need to buy this house? Right. And you kinda of, you kinda of start to put some of these pieces together. And now you're like, okay, wow, well, I need to get a better job. What do I need to do to get this better <laughs> job, right? Yeah. And so the plan the plan just changes. And you know, as the plan changes again, like obviously you have less time to do other things. You know, I don't go to the gym as much as I used to. Or I don't play as much basketball as I used to. Um, like me and my buddies, we used to play a whole lot of dominoes. Um, yeah, you know, we—I can't tell you when was the last time I played dominoes. It's been years because everybody's just kind of gone off, and not that we've lost touch so much, so but you know, the focus is just different. We're just doing different things in this this time of our lives.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. You we know, we were rewatching uh, like Friends, like the ten seasons of Friends, and and it's, and it's funny, I was like, yeah, that is not how life is at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. like people aren't just hanging out in <laughs> a coffee shop and, and it's interesting being, so we're all in the mobile scene, right? We're very intensely in the mobile scene as developers and, and we're crafting, we're crafting our, not only our future, but we're, we're shaping how we do things on a daily basis. And I sometimes think, and a lot of people think like how much uh, this addiction that we've created ourselves inside of our mobile phones, inside of our tablets, in front of our computers, like we spend so much time in front of screens, granted, we used to spend a lot of time in front of screens. There's TVs, right? We still do. Now we have t- active TVs all over the place. And, uh, I think what's really important that you can't forget is what scares me about like Hololens and these VR things is that there's this physical, beautiful world around us to go explore and adventure. Uh, and you have to look up sometimes. Uh, I walk around Seattle, uh, downtown often, you know, I fly around, um, I travel 70% of the year for work. I'll get home. Sometimes I get home early, but often it's around like 11 or midnight. I get out of the light rail. I'm like downtown in the city kind of by myself. It's an interesting downtown that kind of shuts down around midnight and I just start looking up you know, it's this beautiful day in Seattle you start, start seeing this beautiful architecture and you start surrounding yourself and you just kind of bring it all in. And you can't forget that sometimes you got to kind of step back and, and not, don't forget about those, those things that are happening. I think that's hard to do. So one thing that I do, and I'm going to tell you like, this isn't, this is, this has treated me so well in the last, uh, three years since I imp- implemented this protocol. And I challenge everyone to do this, which is that when you go, uh, have coffee, you have lunch, you have dinner, where you're, you're you're, physically going, you're buying something, you're sitting down, and you're with a friend, a soulmate, a loved one, a family member, anybody, a co-worker. Take your cell phone. By, by the way, my cell phone is always in silent, no vibrate, always on silent. Uh, nothing is that important that no one needs to get a hold of me. Um, they'll figure a way to get a hold of me. Take your phone, but when you're out, you have lunch, take your phone and just put it in your pocket. That's it. D- don't remove it. Don't, and don't wear, don't, don't wear a smartwatch. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> don't, don't, you, you know, cause here's it. You're like, I'm going to buy a smartwatch and I could check my email and, and, and my friends won't know that I'm doing that. Yeah, they will. And then they're going to be mad at you because you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. So take your phone. Don't put it face down on, on the table. Don't do this. Put it in your pocket on silence, no vibrate and just, I don't know, have a conversation for a half an hour, have a dinner. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. Nothing
1: is that important. You know, it's it's such an interesting perspective because I remember the days, and I think we mentioned this in the show sometime before. I remember the days when when we used to live with my grandmother, I'd leave the house and once you're out of the house, nobody can find you. Because there weren't any cell phones. You know, the phone was tethered through the house. Right? (laughs) So when you're out, you're out and you're gone, you're gone. When I come back, somebody will leave you uh, a little note on a piece of paper, hey, these people call for you, maybe you want to call them back, whatever time you get a chance to. And that that was such a liberating time, and I think our thirst for connectivity has, for me, I've, I feel like it's gone a little bit overboard to a certain extent. And Arishi, you, me, and, and even our buddy Dave, we talk about the yeah. amount of chat applications that we have on our phones, right? Between whatsapp and google messenger and facebook messenger and beluga slack. and slack and <laughs> we're in like a million slack channels or whatever the case is and sometimes it's just overwhelming like sometimes i look at my phone and there's like hundreds of notifications and i'm like there's no way i'm gonna read all of this let me just i'm just gonna clear all and like just put it down because it's not even worth it at the end of the day
2: yeah yeah it's how i was in i was in boston sitting with joseph uh and I, I was. This is when I was still wearing my Android Wear device, and I had my. I use Google Voice, so everything pops up in my browser and stuff. But at my phone on the desk, I had my watch on. I had uh, Gmail up, and I would get. I was get someone was texting me, and I would get a ding in the browser, and like my, my my phone would vibrate, and my wrist would vibrate, and like and it, and it was just like back to back to back, just like someone was texting me back to back to back and I'm trying to hold a conversation. I'm like, it's, impo- it's like impossible. I'm like, there's so much uh, notification, overwhelmingness that you can't, you can't escape it. But then it's also a great world that we live in that we are actually disconnected. I, I travel, we talk about what do we like to, what do we step away from the keyboard and what do we do in my spare time when I'm not listening to music, right? It's, I love to travel. I travel for work, but Heather and I went down to Costa Rica about a month ago on holiday, uh, cause one, we love sloths and sloths are amazing. We went to a sloth sanctuary down there, but nice. here's, what's amazing about this connectivity. What we have is that I get off a plane and I, now na- I can navigate to my hotel. I can call my hotel and like, I don't have to think about it. Like, it just works. Like I just call them. Um, Heather's uh, a Spanish major. She's a developer, uh, too. And she's a Spanish major and a math major and she's a developer. She's amazing. So she can translate for me too, which is awesome, but I could Google Translate. We were in uh, Luxembourg last week, and it's all out in French, and I took French for four years, but I could scan, I could, take a, I could take my camera, I could scan something, and it would translate in real time. Mind-boggling, but I'm in Costa Rica, and we can navigate across the entire country, and I have cell phone reception the entire time. I can if, if there's an emergency someone can contact me. If something goes wrong, I can contact somebody. Uh and just maps alone is like revolutionary to me that like it just works so well. Uh, in Costa Rica then this is what blows my mind. I'm inside a foursquare because uh kind of open table and Yelp don't exist everywhere but foursquare does. It's very it's kind of cool. I'm inside a foursquare and I'm looking at restaurants then inside a foursquare I'm in San Jose. It's our last night, and and I realized that it's pretty far this place I want to go, quite a few miles, and we could walk, and we'd already dropped off our rental car. And I see this be there in five minutes with Uber. And I'm like, shut your face. And I'm like, there's Uber in Costa Rica. What is this? I hit I hit the button and it orders me an Uber. And I'm like someone is taking me somewhere. I'm like, I'm like, how do you how did people do this? Right? We're talking about leaving the house and you don't even have a cell phone. And, and, you know, like, how did people, how did people do this thing before, before it it blows my mind, uh, when it works so well. And and this is a scenario where this is aiding, right? This is aiding. This is not notification overload. This is not everyone trying to get to you. You you know, you're not sidetracked. Like this is real technology that is really helping in in some way. Even
1: from that example. And I kind of think about when I used to go on vacations with my, my parents when I was a kid. You know, we'd go to like St. Martin, for instance. And my dad loves going to St. Martin. We used to go there every other summer or something like that. And every time we'd go, we'd get the rental car and, at, and the stand, like, you know, just in the checkout stand, there'll be maps, like mm-hmm. physical printed paper maps. And I remember it was so much fun for me and my sister to be in the back of the car with this big map that's now spanning the width of the car, right? <laughs> because it's yeah. the whole country.
2: That you can I, never fold back to how it originally we was. We can right. never
1: figure out how the hell it was that small in the first place. <laughs> and we're looking at this map and we're we're just navigating the roads and we're saying, turn right, turn left. And, you know, my, my dad or my mom is driving. And it got to the point that the next time we went to that country, we didn't really need to look at the map anymore because we just got so familiar with the area and what, what was going on. Mm. Now, today, I listened to the GPS. Now, for some reason, I feel like, because I'm listening to the GPS, and so because of that, I feel like if the GPS was not on, I would not know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but after using the map two or three times, the physical paper map two or three times, I feel like, okay, I've looked at this map, I've read this documentation. I feel like I could put this down, and I could walk around, and I know where I'm going, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, and maybe that's just me. Maybe just just the way that I was processing information at the time. But for for again that time, it just I just felt like I, I held on to locations so much more differently
0: than I do today.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, I still can't yeah. get
0: my way to your house, Cecil, without uh, Google Maps.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, we we travel a lot, Heather and I. And we that's uh, one thing that we, we definitely do, and we try to do quite a few international trips a year, and a lot around the U.S. And we have a, a globe. Um, it's a corkboard. Corkboard globe that Heather got me for my birthday, and we put pins in everywhere we've been. And one thing that I've noticed uh, is, is I I rent the car often, or I'll drive wherever, because I don't have a car here in Seattle, and, and Heather does. Um, she lived in Phoenix, and she had one down there, so she would drive all the time. But I didn't get to drive, so whenever we go on trips, I'm like, I'll drive, like I'll I'll, I'll drive. I got this, because she's driving all over the place every day. What I've noticed is, I'll have her navigate, and she like hates the navigate button so she'll put in the coordinates but she won't na- she won't navigate right like the navigation the route will come up but she actually likes to use it as a map like like we used to use back in the day mm. so she's like you're gonna take a right on this road she's studying the map and where you're gonna go and where we're gonna go to so she's not she's not looking at like we need to take a left we need to take a right in 500 feet it's like hey up here and about in about a mile everything's like at about a mile, about a half a mile, we start to estimate this, and like, we're going to go on this road, on that road, and that's quite fun when you're in foreign countries because all the roads are in crazy other languages, you can't really read the signs well. Um, that's a fun adventure, but uh, that's pretty good if you have someone you know, with you, right? But I do feel it's kind of sad because when I'm in Seattle, I, I never, I never try to navigate. I never, I always try to learn, and see where I'm going, yeah, because I get in too many Ubers, especially around the city where. You know, they without with literally without that, without their phone, they wouldn't know where to go. Yeah, and that's sad. I was in Chicago for a like, night last year, and the taxi drivers there—it's the only city that I can highly recommend taking a taxi over an Uber because the Uber drivers all came from out of the city. They didn't know the city, they didn't know the routes. They were just telling what they were just doing whatever Google said. The taxi drivers, oh my, like they were so good, like they got you to where you needed to be in like half the time and they're just zipping all over the place. They knew the routes, they knew the city. And that's impressive because I, I know Seattle pretty well, mostly because I ride my bike everywhere. And I think that's super helpful. That's my biggest thing that I do in my spare time is, is is cycle everywhere. And you have to learn a city, right? I don't, there's no, I'm not going to pull out my phone when I'm on my bike. Um, I'm going to learn the city and explore. And a lot of people ask me, well, how do you, where are you going on? Your, like, where, what are you doing today? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go ride my bike. They're like, where are you going? And I go, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, here's what I do. I would say 75% of the time I take my bike, I go onto the street and I either take a left or a right. I haven't made up my mind yet. I just like, look, I'm like, what's maybe what's less traffic. Maybe it's less here. And I see where, see where I go. See what, see what it is. And I have some routes, I know where I could go, but I'll just start taking some random routes, start learning the streets a little bit. Um, and and that's what you can do. If you are ever lost in a city and your phone's dead, because phones die, because only last like half of a day, just, if you're gonna ask somebody, ask a cyclist, because they definitely know the streets, because you have to know the streets to survive, you know, getting around. So that's a quick tip from a, a fellow cyclist.
1: So how, how long have you been cycling for? And do actually, I want to ask you, do you own a car?
2: Uh, I do not own a car. No, I, I did. I I did. I have a driver's license. I did own a car. Uh, so I lived in, I'm from uh, the Cleveland suburbs growing up for 19 years. Went to, I was in Phoenix for six years. And then I've been in Seattle for almost five. And I started riding a bike. Hmm. So when I would, when I grew up, I was, I was, uh, I was a rather, I didn't eat very well. I didn't exercise very well. I was an overweight child growing up. Uh, and when I went to college, um, it was, I kind of went through a transformation like my sister went. Um, me and my sister were very similar growing up in the Midwest and, uh, she went into healthcare and physical education. And she really got into cycling, and she's a triathlete. Her and her husband are both iron people, and they're amazing and glorious. Wow. Can can never do what they can do. Um, But I have really bad knees. I have multiple surgeries on my knees for uh, psoriatic arthritis. So it was actually hard for me to do running or to do swimming. I'm just terrible at swimming, actually. But it's hard for me to run. Um, And that happened early on in my life when I was about 10. So... The doctor recommended that I went cycling and my sister got me actually into it. And I didn't, I, mean, I had a bike growing up, but I didn't really use it at all. It wasn't until I graduated from college. I was about 22, 23 and I made a firm stance. I'd already lost quite a lot of, when I went to college, I started eating healthier. I stopped drinking pop. Like I used to drink like a six pack of diet Pepsi every day. Uh, yeah, it was pretty terrible. And. Um, I've changed over to eating a lot of salad, exercising, and then I found cycling. And when I found cycling, I would just go out every day for 20 miles, like a day, like on a, I had a cheap mountain bike. It was like terrible. And I would just do that. And I would, we, there's this canal that runs through Phoenix for about 40 or 30 miles. I want to say it's glorious because Phoenix is not the safest place to ride your bike, but a canal is off the road. It's paved. It's very nice. And I would ride my bike to and from work, and then after work, go out, um, and i bring change of clothes. And then I got a fixed gear bike, and I fell in love with that. So I would ride my fixie everywhere. And when I moved to Seattle, it became like an epidemic. I, I still had a car. So I had a car in Phoenix, because you have to have a car in Phoenix. I got to Seattle five years ago, and in two months, I sold my car. I'm like, I don't need this. It's too expensive. It makes no sense. Our public transportation is so good. You can put your bike on every single bus. Uh, the bus will get you everywhere super quick. And I, I cycle everywhere I go uh, because it's just so convenient and it's beautiful here in Seattle when it's not raining, uh, which isn't that often, to be honest. And <laughs> I go out. And I mean, to the extent that, you know, some people are really diehard cyclists, and they go out all the time and have these amazing road bikes. I have a few bikes, I have a fixed gear bike and I have a custom built bike by my friend who has a bike shop here. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of more of like a, a commuter type bicycle. Uh, but I mean, to the extent like last year, I did the Seattle to Portland bike ride. I'm going to do it again this year. And that's a 200 mile bike ride, um, two day event. So I'll do like 140 miles the first day and then I'll do 65 miles the second day. So and the reason for it is not just because I love cycling and it gets me where I need to go. But I think it's just like any other type of exercise. It really clears your mind. And I think more than anything is I found cycling when I found my career in development. It wasn't during college. It wasn't any time else. It's that I needed to step away um, from code. I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to code again. I didn't want to sit in front of the television. I could get out on my bike and just ride. I didn't have to think about anything. I mean, I had to think about riding and not, not getting hit by a car. But besides that, that's you know, important. I have my it's That is very important. Um, I've had, I've had many close encounters cross my fingers. I've been very lucky. Uh, but um, I don't know. I, I think you just need to find that passion to, to clear your mind on a day-to-day basis, uh, at least weekly basis, three to four times a week. And I go spinning now, which is very nice because it, when it is not so nice in Seattle, I can go to an indoor spin class and, you know, do 20 miles in 45 minutes and listen to some cool music and they're like telling you to go faster and up and down, <laughs> uh, which is fun. But I don't know, you know, I think, I think hopefully everyone can find that. And I think that's really important to, to do. And it doesn't have to be cycling, right? Um, it could just be going out for a walk. It could be running. It could be anything really something physical, I guess, that's out there. Cause I think it that, or whatever will help you clear your mind, maybe yoga, maybe yoga, maybe meditation, um, anything that can can do that. And I think maybe that will bring you back to where we used to be a little bit. We talk about creating space, right? When you, when you don't have to have the worries of the world on your shoulder and like, I'm just going to go out for a two hour bike ride. I don't have to think about, oh my goodness, did someone email me because I have to be at this conference. I have to do this thing. I have to commit this code. Well, I can't because one, it's not work hours. And uh, two, I'm 10 miles away from my house and any computer, you know, right. uh, try to find that. I, I think it's hard as developers for us to do sometimes. Um, but it's so important. I don't know. It just so, it feels good.
1: Yeah. Cause as connected as you are to the work that we're doing, you know, on the cell phone or on your computer or whatever, it's, 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 you need that balance, whatever it is like you need to have that balance. You know, I know for me, I, I'm not a big cyclist, but I like to go swimming for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, preferably I'd like to go somewhere where there's, like, seawater, like, to to be in the beach, right? Because it's not just about the act of swimming, but kind of like you said, like, the act of disconnecting and, you know, there's no cell phones in the water and there's no computer or email in the water. At least I'm not bringing a smartwatch anyway, right? So I'm hoping there's none yeah. of that type of stuff in the water. And, you know, I'm swimming and I'm getting the blood pumping and, you know, in general, like, my mind just automatically becomes so much clearer now because I'm not focusing on completing X amount of tasks by X period of time. Now I'm just kind of just enjoying nature, right? And I'm kind of absorbing like the environment and the atmosphere around me. And I'll be very honest with you. A lot of the times when I do that, when I'm done, I'm like, my mind is so clear. I might've had some type of aha moment, right? And I'm like, okay, well, this is a really cool idea. Why don't I go home and, and, and try this out? But it's not because I was thinking about it the whole time. It's more so because I I got to such a level of clarity that now when I, I think about something, it's just like, oh, wow, this, that's, you know, let's, let's see if we can approach it this way. And I go home and I'm like re-energized to go back to work. But if I don't do that, if I don't have that, those hours of disconnect, if you don't have the, that moment of, you know, of selfishness, right? Like it's just me and nobody else kind of thing. It becomes very hard to focus because it's like your brain is constantly being hammered with stuff, right? And your brain, you know, it's just like any other muscle, right? You need to rest it. You need to give it a ton, time off. You need to you know, let it do some different things for a while. And, you know, then you adjust and you refocus back. And for me, like, I find my work has been so much better when I do have the ability to do those type of things.
2: Yeah, I think I, think I, I, I run into that, like, I work from home, so I run into that every morning, where, uh, this is my first work at home job, and I thought I was going to struggle with that quite a bit, which is that you know, my, I'm in a 500-square-foot apartment, my television is right next to my desk, which is right next to my kitchen. Like, it's a flow of mashing all my life together. And I said, I want to make sure I hit this and do this correctly. So I surveyed a lot of people like what makes them successful work from home and how do they make sure they don't disconnect. And there was two things that I, uh, I found that helped me, which was one, you make sure that you just don't roll out of bed and start coding and start checking your phone, you know, your phone, your email can wait between 7am and 8am because you're not even going to start work really till 8am or whenever you want to start. But I have like this routine. And it switches every morning, but like I don't start working until I've showered, brushed my teeth, ate breakfast, and I make a fancy coffee, like some sort of pour over or Chemex. Like I'm really into coffee. That's probably my other passion is just like a coffee snob, essentially. <laughs> and I do this, right? And that's like an hour of my morning, 45 minutes, half an hour, however long it takes. Uh, and I'll sit down and before Heather goes out to work, we'll, we'll drink our coffee and we'll enjoy that time that we have in the morning together. And then, like right now, this is the last thing I'm going to do. So it's about 8 o'clock here. You know, we're wrapping up this podcast. And, and that's the last thing for today. And my laptop is sitting here, uh, my MacBook Pro, that I work on. It's this monitor. So as soon as I'm done, I hit the power button on my monitor. I shut my MacBook. And I try really hard about 95% of the time. My goal is that my MacBook, my work computers, don't leave my station. They don't, they don't leave my desk. I was very worried that I would fall into this pattern that I'll just, my couch is literally five feet behind me, take that with me. And then I have all these distractions. I want, I want to shut the computer down. I want to turn it off. And and I've noticed that sometimes I forget. And then sometimes, you know, slack, it pings up, it starts bouncing and you're like, ah, you know, and then it annoys you because it is bouncing. And then you have to go check it off and then it spirals out of control. So I found those two things help uh, quite a bit to make sure that there's key times in the morning and the afternoon where we're not supposed to be work. We're supposed to be enjoying ourselves. We're supposed to be cycling, enjoying the company of the ones that we love, or enjoying just our personal time, right? Where sure. you're out on the beach or you're out enjoying, I'm cycling, right?
1: So well, probably one of the last things I did want to talk to you about was the fact that you mentioned earlier you travel 70% of your time for, for your job currently. How is that How is that like with your, your work-life balance? Because I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the time you're you're leaving your your loved ones at home, maybe even your girlfriend at home, you know, how is it like managing such a, a, a demanding travel schedule with, you know, your personal life?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, it's hard. Um, you know, last year I traveled 80% of the year, um, for work this year. I'm trying to get down to 50. Uh, I'll probably land at like 60 or 65 or 75% of the year. Um, it's hard. Uh, and some, some things you can control and some things you can't control. You can't control conference season, right? We're, we're in the, the heart of conference season coming out of it. You have build, you have evolve, you have VS live, you have, Devin, you have all these conferences back to back to back that I need to be at and do things. What, what I found has helped really, really well is, is when we talk about these connections and we try to have this time is you have to make time. And you shouldn't have to force yourself to have time. It should come naturally. That's how you know that you're taking some time for yourself and the relationship you're in is really meaningful because I want to naturally, I want to be around Heather as much as I can or my family as much as I can and be connected to them. So what we do is we, we don't like schedule stuff like time or whatever, but we see like when am I done at a conference? Like when can I hop on Skype for two or three hours or do a FaceTime for a few hours and, We just end up randomly calling each other and staying connected. So I think that has helped a lot. But something that we also do is, uh, we send physical postcards. And there's this, this, there's this thing called the United States Postal Service. And what they do is they will take a piece of, of paper or a package and, and some, some person will deliver it to somebody. It's, it's unbelievable. Like real paper? Real paper. They will deliver it to somebody for 40 cents. Get out of town! I, I am desperate. It's amazing. Um, so I have this thing. Heather and I have this, these walls and, and uh, of postcards that, from wherever I travel, I try to go out, find somewhere local. So. I think what is keeping me balance is trying to keep that connection always going. So even though I'm in a place, you know, next week I'll be in Austin and then San Francisco, um, is trying to ensure that we're always on this connection or that we're keeping this connection somehow. Now, she may not get that postcard for a week because it does actually take quite a long time to get from Boston, this little piece of paper, all the way to Seattle. But it, it's kind of bringing it all around. You get these postcards lined up and it's this cool little thing. So, with you traveling so much, what would
1: you say has been your favorite destination that you've been to this far?
2: Oh my goodness! Ah, oh, that is that is a that is a tough question. Uh, most memorable moment. So, in Hawaii on Big Island, I was there last year with Heather, and uh, over a Fourth of July weekend, and uh, we drove around the island, and there's a point. Um, my coworker, Larry, uh, has a house there and he let us, let us, uh, crash there, which is cool. And there's a point in the big Island called South point. You can look it up on Google maps and South point is the most Southern tip of the entire United States. And what's really cool about that is that it's almost like the edge of the world because it's an Island and South point is a 40 foot drop into the water, um, into the ocean and you just look over a cliff and you're not supposed to, but you totally can jump right into the water and jump down 40 feet. And Heather and I last year, we sat there for, it was mostly me debating, but I sat there for 30 to 40 minutes debating if we should do it, if we shouldn't do it, if we should do it. And I was like, you know, when's the when's the last time, when's the next time we're going to be here and actually do this? Uh, so we together like held hands. Did that one, two, three, go. Wow. And we both screamed at the top of our lungs. I had a G- GoPro slap to my chest. Uh, and we <laughs> we literally and physically jumped off the edge of the world with each other, which I thought was, like, such a cool thing to, to do and say. Like, we, we did that. Um, so that was probably my most, like, it was just such a beautiful thing to do. And we're just out exploring. And we do this thing called geocaching, um, which is, like, this huge international tre- treasure um, hunt, essentially. Um, it's, it's really cool to do. It's in every single city. Geocaches are everywhere. It's been around since 2001. There's these little canisters that are hidden everywhere all over the world by people. So we use that as a tool to explore new areas. And that's actually why we found a lot of things, um, wherever we travel. So that was like a, a great moment. Um, man, that's such a hard question. I have to go, like look at our globe. My favorite moment in, in my life. Thus far, traveling and getting to do something was jumping off of Big Island.
1: So, James, do you have any parting words for our guests before we uh, before we sign off?
2: Um, I love all of you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we love you more. Uh, I would say you know if you're we kind of hinted on a lot of things. This is a pretty pretty different podcast than any podcast I've been on. Uh, for me, it's kind of uh, kind of listen to kind of what we've all been talking about, which is. If if you kind of find yourself like I was sometimes struggling with so much travel I'm doing or trying to step away from the code and 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 take some time for yourself and find that thing that you're passionate about. I know we're all passionate about coding and we love it. But um, if you can find that one thing and for me, it's like cycling. Right. Um, do that else. If you really like exploring, um, I do highly recommend people check out geocaching. Uh, because it's in every single city all over the world and and start to explore your city um, I think that sometimes you know you kind of get stuck in this little bubble of our day-to-day day-to-day what we do and where we're going in our favorite coffee shops but uh, open it up and start exploring get out there walk around and and start looking up I, I think that's the one thing if you live in a city or if you live anywhere heck um, you go downtown, wherever you're at, and, and we always look down or looking at our phone, look up just for when you're at a, a light or you're walk, waiting to cross the street. Like Look up and, and look at the structures that people built and the architecture behind it. And it's such a beautiful thing that I think sometimes we forget about. So take a look at that. Um, but yeah, that'd be my, my parting words of, of, of uh, the podcast.
1: We'd like to thank James for being a guest on the show. It was great to have the opportunity to chat with them. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a comment on the website at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Also, remember to check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AFTK podcast and on Twitter at AFTK podcast. You could follow me on Twitter at Cecil Phillip and Richie
0: at Jarris. That's J-O-R-R-I-S-S. You can subscribe to the show via the website, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes. And if you really want to know what makes us tick, sign up to our newsletter where you get extra episodes and behind-the-scenes access to Away from
1: the Keyboard. Next on Away from the Keyboard, we'll have software engineer Mike Blumstein.
0: Yeah, I play. I still play hockey uh, or something resembling hockey too, at, this, <laughs> at this point in my life. I don't know. You'd come. If you've never seen hockey, uh, you'd, you'd walk away with a bad impression. <laughs> you know, but, uh, Don't forget about the giveaway. Hashtag TalkPython at AFTK Podcast. See you. Peace. We want to thank you for listening to Away From the Keyboard. As a reminder, we will have new episodes each and every week. You can interact with us on Twitter at AFTK or at AwayFromTheKeyboard.com. Hasta luego.
2: I was li I was literally just complaining to my girlfriend because I use Google Play music and I've used it since forever when you could just upload your own music and I subscribe, and i'm like i'm like heather I'm like I don't understand I'm like, I can't get the Drake album I don't see the Drake album <laughs> and I'm like I get it. I'm like Drake told me one week I was like that's all I gotta wait um and I was so confused because inside of Google Play Music, it shows you all the albums that you can stream, but the Drake album you can't stream you can buy and then stream it, but you can't stream it for free. And, and that's fine. Like, I'll give Drake my $13. Like, I'll give you my, take my money, Drake. Like, I'm going to listen to your album. Uh, cause I decided a few years ago that I would legally, um, you know, l- legalize everything in my digital life as far as movies and music and things like that. I was just sick of you know, feeling like a college kid, you know, de- trying to download stuff. I didn't feel good about it. It's like, I don't want people stealing my work. Why am I stealing their work? You know, that you kind of, exactly. you put it in your mind. At some point, you end up making, A decent wage. You're like, all right, I can I can afford that, thirteen dollars to give to Drake because I really want to support him as an artist, even though he's getting ten cents. But I'm like looking at that, but I'm like so confused. So then she Google's like, how do I get Drake's album? And it shows up in Amazon. So it shows up in Amazon that you can buy the physical disc. I'm like, I don't want to buy a physical disc. That's shenanigans. I'm like, and she goes, she's like, oh well, just you know, I'll buy it on iTunes and we'll we'll rip it to a disc or something. I'm like, I don't even, I don't, where do I even put that thing? Where do I even put the disc? Uh, I don't have, I don't have a, I don't have a physical like CD you, folder or anything like that. No, it doesn't there's, even. There's no drive. There's no drive. Uh, very problematic. But I, I saw on Amazon that you could actually, you get the MP3 version for free instantly. I'm like, all right, if they have the MP3 version, that means I can buy it on Google Play. So then I went into the Play Store and then selected music. And then, you know, then I actually could find it. I'm like, man, I'm like, Google right here. This is just bad indexing of their content. (laughs) I mean, because when I search Drake in the Google Play Music app, like I get it. I can't stream it for free, but like tell me I can buy it inside the application because I just went four days without my Drake and the album's not even that good from my first two listens. So I'm going to give it a few more listens. You know, like every like every album I've listened to, you got to listen to about 20 times before you can really appreciate it, I think. But uh anyways, that's my story of my Drake album.